Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's a summer travel tip. Pack just one pair of shoes that goes with every outfit and occasion. Like the versatile, perfectly packable tree shoes from Allbirds. Made to look great and feel even better, they're the ideal choice for vacations, staycations, and every road trip in between. For an everyday, go-anywhere breathable sneaker, snag a pair of tree runners. If sporty's your style, you'll love the responsive foam and extra grip of the tree dashers, too. And, of course, you can't go wrong with the classic low-top look of the tree pipers. The best part is, they're all crafted with lightweight, breathable eucalyptus fiber that takes comfy to the next level. So you'll be stepping out in style and comfort wherever you go. Your summer adventures are just getting started. So you need shoes that can handle anything. That's why Allbirds has you covered. Step into summer travel with the perfect travel shoes from Allbirds. Find your pair of tree dashers, runners, pipers, and more at Allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On Tuesday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment, because the page is grown, baby. That All Even Podcast wave. Catch that wave. Don't get left behind. Lots to get into. Kevin Durant just continues to put his foot in his mouth and just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Kevin Durant anymore, but we're going to talk about it. Jamal Murray tears his ACL and what that means for the Denver Nuggets. Ben Simmons throws shade at Rudy Gobert, and I love it. <laughs> Julian Edelman retires, and yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. James Conner signs with the Cardinals. We'll talk about what impact he's going to have with that team. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. I give the guy credit on Saturday. And what does he do? It takes, what, two full days for him to continue his nonsense, continue his childlike behavior and his social media onslaught. And whoever says something critical about him, Shannon Sharp was on his show. With Skip Bayless, Undisputed, and they're talking about Kevin Durant and what he said about, you know, not chasing titles. It's not about that for him anymore. And on Saturday, I said, listen, I kind of agree with Kevin Durant. Like, I don't want the narrative to just be about championships anymore because there's a lot of great players that have played that haven't won any titles. So maybe we can be able to kind of shift the narrative to something else. So I was with Kevin Durant there. Now, Shannon and Skip Bayless, on the other hand, they saw things a little differently. You know, they brought up burner accounts and stuff like that, and all of a sudden, Kevin Durant takes to Twitter, and he's, you know, going at, at Shannon Sharp about, oh, well, you you want to you wanna squash this, uh, blah, 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 now nah, let's do it in public. 
And Shannon Sharp is not with that type of back and forth. Like, he's he's a grown man. He's not going to do that. So he replies to Kevin Durant and says, listen, we can be able to speak about this on the phone, man-to-man or face-to-face, and talk like adults. And he put adults in caps. So you understand where Shannon Sharp is coming from. Like, he's a grown 50-plus-year-old man speaking to this 32-year-old and his 32-year-old's acting like a teenager. It's like one of his children. Like, what What are we? I'm not going back and forth with you, man. For what? What is that going to prove? What is that going to do? That's not doing nothing for my career. I'm already established. I'm already a Hall of Famer. I have my own show. My job is to be critical of you when things come up and to praise you when you do well. That's what my job title entails. You, on the other hand, you don't think that anybody's supposed to say anything bad about you. This is not peewee sports where everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a pat on the back. Oh, you did great. Oh, Kevin, you're so great. You're so great. That's not the way life works. But in Kevin's little bubble, that's how he thinks it should. So my question is this. Is he not getting the right advice by people in his circle? Or is he not listening to the people in a circle? Because I can't really fathom if his mother would actually be okay with how he's behaving. If she is, then listen, we gotta we have another thing to discuss. But I can't imagine it. Because that's embarrassing. What Kevin Durant is doing is embarrassing. People that work nine-to-five jobs and work at Kinko's or KFC, they don't even do this. They got more respect for themselves than that. This dude got millions of dollars in the bank. People admire his game. Kids look up to him, and he behaves like this? I'm tired of talking about Kevin Durant. I really am. And it's not about anything positive. It's always the same nonsense. He speaks and he talks and he gossips and he spreads on social media like a schoolgirl. What are we talking about here? Are you a man? Are you a grown man? Are you a professional? Or you want to act like a boy? Make up your mind. So if you want to act like a boy, then people will treat you as such. Even for the KD apologists out there, they're like, all right, I've had enough. Like I know a lot of KD fans. They are always stick with them. They're always with them. But now they're like, yo, I ain't going to lie to you. Like, this this, this one looks bad because it's just, it's enough already. Like, they just wanted you to focus on basketball. You haven't been playing for, like, two months. You came back, had a good game today. Great. Stick to that. Just play basketball. I'm not one of those people to say the shut up and dribble stuff. I, I, I'm not with that. But in this case, put the phone down and dribble. Like, stop engaging like this on social media. If you want to clown and make jokes with your fans and all that stuff, cool. But don't do this. Because it just makes you look immature. Like a child. Grown-ass man behaving like that. It bothers me because, yo, there's people out there that would die to be in a Kevin Durant situation. And he just looks like a spoiled guy. Bored with money. That's what he looks like. 
Instead of being an example for kids who look up to him, who are in the same bad neighborhoods that he grew up in and got out of. And they looking at him behaving like that. Be better, man. I knew, I knew when he came to Brooklyn, it was going to be a situation. Not saying that being in Brooklyn caused the situation. It's just that his mental state causes his situation. It's all self-inflicted wounds. And then his tag team partner, Kyrie Irving, taking more personal days than people at regular jobs. What are we doing here? Are we talking about basketball or we're talking about something else? I need a personal day. I need. Not what, this guy's talking about me. Yo, what are we do? This is basketball. Play basketball. You played 20 games last year in regards to Kyrie Irving. You played a whole handful of games this year. You took off mad days. What are we talking about here? Your job is to play basketball. I say it all the time that you would not be well-renowned and the world over knows your name if you didn't play basketball. So do what you do best. You want to be an activist or you want to do all that other stuff? Cool. Do it in the offseason because you can't juggle like how LeBron James does it. It's okay. You're not him. It's okay to say that. And to not be upset about it. It's fine. Be Kyrie. But at the end of the day, be Kyrie the professional basketball player. That's what people want to see. That's what the Brooklyn fans, that's what the New Jersey fans, all of those people that are still Nets fans, that's what they're asking for. They want a title. And they want guys to actually behave as professionals as such. When James Harden is the guy that nobody's speaking about, you already know what type of head cases you got on your team. I see why Kyrie and KD are best friends. I see it now. They both have the same seventh grade mentality. Best friends that they want to fight everybody and they want to do what they want to do and nobody can tell them nothing, not even the organization that they work for. Okay. We'll see how that works out. We'll see how long the Nets are going to tolerate this. If you don't want a title this year, if you don't want a title next year, we'll see how long that rope gets until they start to pull it in, pull it in, keep pulling it in until you ain't got nothing left. Because Father Time waits for no man. And Kevin Durant, I have news for you. It's starting to knock on your door really, really fast. Moving on before I catch a headache speaking about these two. Jamal Murray, point guard of the Denver Nuggets, tore his left ACL last night. And he's out for the season. Devastating, devastating blow to the Denver Nuggets. Because I've always said that Jamal Murray is a very, very talented guy, player. If he can be able to stay consistent, they have a legit chance of winning. And he was doing that this season, starting to pick it up. And unfortunately, he tore his ACL. Where does this leave the Denver Nuggets? This leaves them in kind of limbo because 
they acquired Aaron Gordon. They acquired JaVale McGee. They still have pretty decent parts. But without a Jamal Murray, without a guy like that that can be able to break down the defense and score at will, streaky as hell, I don't see this team being a viable contender in the Western Conference anymore. I really don't. I think I put Phoenix over them now in regards to, you know, Phoenix just has a little more. Obviously, yes, Denver has Jokic, but I'm just talking about with Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton. That's that's a lot to overcome, and we're going to see. We're going to see how they handle this. Adversity really makes a team better. You know, so we're going to see what Jokic has, what kind of leader he is. Maybe his numbers have to go way up for them to have a legit chance. You know, what he's doing right now is amazing, but maybe he has to do more, which is unfortunate for him because he's been doing so much this season already. But when you're one of the best players already, you know, you have to do more. It's expected. So let's see what happens. Um, I really don't trust Mike Malone. I just don't. You know, I'm not a I'm not a Mike Malone fan. I, I don't think he's the coach that's going to lead this team to a title. I just don't. I think he's done a great job. I think he's done fabulous in regards to developing them and getting them to this point. But I don't think that he's the guy to get them over the hump. I, I just don't. He's not a Nate McMillan type. If if Nate McMillan would have signed here, got the job in Denver, ooh, ooh, then now you got somebody who has some cachet. Mike Malone has no cachet with me. He has no clout. Um, like I said, he's a good coach. I just don't think that he's a championship-level coach. There's good coaches in the NBA, but championship-level coaches, they're very few and far between. So we're going to see what Denver has, but I- I'm not. I'm not too optimistic about their chances, honestly. In other news, Ben Simmons has made my day. <laughs> ben Simmons, one of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year this year, made his case today and said, hey, you know, I get that everybody wants to talk about Rudy Gobert and how he's putting up good defensive numbers again and may win another Defensive Player of the Year. But when I went up there, I hung 42 on his head. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, Embiid, his teammate, can be able to say the same thing too, right? I don't know how you can be able to be defensive player of the year when all the big men and the guys that are like your size work you out. I don't see how that correlates. Defensive player of the year, get 50, 40 hung on you all the time by legit bigs. Nah. So... It made me smile. It made me put on the biggest smile because everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, the $30 million man that can score nine points and grab 13 rebounds and get you three blocks. That's gonna. That's $184 million worth, huh? Jazz are definitely getting their money's worth out of that guy. Not winning no championship with a Rudy Gobert. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Ben Simmons sees it. Joel Embiid sees it. Jokic sees it. Whoever is a legit big man will give him buckets. 
That's just the way it goes. So, yeah, I'm with Ben Simmons. I am with Ben Simmons all the way. Ben Simmons is my defensive player of the year. He's been the most dynamic defender in the league. One of the best one to five defenders in in the sport in recent memory. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm with him 100%. I agree with him. I think he's right. I think people need to start to look at this a little closer. I think the the voters need to stop thinking about, well, who was defensive player of the year last year? Okay, we'll give it to this guy. Okay, well, well who was it? No, no, no. Look at what goes on. Look at his head-to-head matchups with the NBA uh, bigs and the greats and the good players in the league. He's getting worked like a part-time job. So I'm not I'm not a fan of giving him no defensive play of the year this year. Nope. I'm not a fan of saying that the Utah Jazz is going to win an NBA title. Nope. I'm not a fan of saying that Donovan Mitchell may win the MVP. Nope. You know why? Because it's Utah. That's why. That's why. It's Utah. Just like it's Gonzaga. They go hand in hand. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's facts. Coming up after the break, I put in my two cent with this whole Julian Edelman Hall of Fame talk. And James Conner found a job. Great for him. On a Tuesday night. It's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. So Julian Edelman retires from the NFL after 11 seasons. And everybody around town, you know, everybody's podcast on the air, debate shows, everybody's talking about, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? No, <laughs> like, why is this, why is this such a long conversation? I don't understand. No, he's not. Julian Edelman didn't get started until like year five in his NFL career. He was a quarterback at Kent State, converted to wide receiver. You know, everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady made him. Okay, great. But he's not a Hall of Famer. I heard somebody tweet the other day, he was like, oh, you know, postseason matters. Yeah, it does. But so does the regular season. And he has not put up enough to be a Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know who that offends. But you can be very good and not make the Hall of Fame. It's okay. It's okay to be the guy that's in the team's ring of honor at halftime. That comes out. And waves his hands and he stands there with all the other guys that he have in the ring. Let let him have that. He deserves that. He's won a lot of Super Bowls with this team. Great. But he's no 
Hall of Famer. The Hall of Fame is not designed for, yeah, he was okay. It was for the greats, and that's exactly what it is. It's the greats. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's not like basketball where it's like the Naismith Hall of Fame where the totality of your career matters. This is about pro football. And what he's done, if that's the case, then put Wes Welker in there too. Put him in. Like, no. These guys were good. They were very, very good. They were Brady's top guys. But they're not Hall of Famers. Simple. Let's go ahead and look at his numbers, shall we? 137 games, 941 targets, 620 receptions, 6,800 yards, 36 touchdowns. Is this 1960? Those numbers would have probably got in back then, and even probably that I'm pushing. You know, I'm just trolling right now. Those are not Hall of Fame numbers. So I want to know who in the National Football Hall of Fame has numbers like this that have a gold jacket. I just want to know. I just want to know because those are not Hall of Fame numbers. I don't care what nobody tells me. Nowhere near Hall of Fame numbers. I have a guy here that's four years younger than Julian Edelman. 439 receptions. 5,800 yards. 53 touchdowns. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? The guy that I'm talking about is Eric Decker. Really? This is what we're doing? Right, so because he plays with Brady, he deserves to be in the same place as Brady? No, no. He's not Gronk. Gronk will be in the Hall of Fame, of course. That's about it. In regards to offensive players, that's it. So the only hall that Julian Edelman is going to walk through is the hall that gets him to the ring of honor. <laughs> that's the only hall he's going to see. That's it. In other news... Injury-prone running back James Conner has found a home. The Arizona Cardinals took a flyer on James Conner. And listen, it's a great deal for the Cardinals. One-year deal. They can be able to put him in a, in a you know committee backfield, keep his usage rate down, keep that wear and tear off of his legs. So it's going to benefit him, definitely, because he's no longer a lead back. I don't think he ever was. I think he was thrusted into that position because Le'Veon Bell was gone and because he was doing mop-up duty and he was doing the backup duty and he was doing a very good job at it, everybody thought that he was he was the next up. Oh, James Conner, they, they already got somebody there. They don't need Le'Veon Bell. Wrong. Wrong. What's crazy is that James Conner has talent. But 
The best ability is availability. If you're not on the field, it doesn't matter. So if they can be able to limit his carries and keep him fresh with that offense that they have and that stout defense with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, they have a chance, man. They really have a chance. But it's definitely up to Kyler Murray as well. Kyler Murray, you know, he struggled with some shoulder issues last year, battled through it. You know, kid's tough. I want to see him take that next step. A lot of people have him pegged for the MVP next year. So we'll see. I don't see that, but I do see that he can be a very, very impactful player for this franchise next season. I think the Cardinals can be able to win that division. I really do. And James Conner can be able to help them if he can stay off. That medical table. Let's switch gears to baseball. I want to talk about the Mets a little bit. What the hell is going on with Michael Conforto, Francisco Lindor, and Jeff McNeil? Now, I'm not going to go crazy here. So maybe I'm going to leave Lindor out of this because just signed a new contract. He's been in the American League his entire career takes him a while to adjust to this National League pitching and staff, and it's a different type of homework. So I'm going to give him a pass. Like I said, I think I'll give him a pass until mid-May. But Conforto, on the other hand, I don't give one to. This is a contract year for Michael Conforto, and you expect guys in a contract year to really bust it out. No homo. Supposed to do what they got to do and get that big contract. But how Conforto has started the season, he looks like he's pressing. He looks like he's thinking about that contract. He did not give the Mets a mandate in regards to when to cut off negotiations. So he's comfortable negotiating all season, which can really lead to poor play. And if that's the case, then the Mets have a problem on their hands because if he's going to kind of crack under the pressure now, why would you ever commit $200 million to this guy? I'm just saying. It's it's very concerning how he looks. He doesn't look confident. He had that Bush League Sandlot play where he stuck his elbow out just to get the walk. And listen, at the time, I was like, hey, do what you got to do to get on base and win the game. I still feel that way, but it was him that did it. So it looks bad now because when you look at his stats, he's batting like like 150. The Mets are not playing well because their heavy hitters are not hitting. Michael Conforto is one of them. This is, this is a huge issue to start the season. Not going to say that this is going to be all year, but he looks like he's pressing, like I said. And when you're pressing like that, it's hard to kind of stick with something that may not work. Uh, you, you may be tweaking too many things. Thinking about too many things. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't like the way he looks at the plate. He just looks lost and confused. Jeff McNeil, the same thing. I think he's pressing as well. 
for different reasons. I, I think Jeff McNeil is a very good player. He knows he's a good player, and I think that he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to be better than what he has been, which is sensational. You know, he's not batting at the top of the lineup anymore. So now I guess he feels that he has to swing for the fences more and be an RBI guy instead of just being himself. So, you know, there's a lot of inner turmoil here. So I want to see how this plays out in the next couple of weeks. I'm not even going to say the next month. I want to see how they bounce back because what it looks like right now, uh, they won the first game in a doubleheader. They're up 3 nothing right now. So it looks like they're on their way to sweeping this doubleheader. And, you know, they're at 4 nothing right now, bottom of the sixth. So we'll see. We'll see if this can be able to spark this offense and get them out of this rut. But these guys don't look good. Luis Rojas, to me, he made some bonehead decisions. He will continue to make some bonehead decisions. I said on my boy show, Alfred, uh, the Metropolitan Report, shouts to Alfred, um, that I'm not, I don't have an opinion about Luis Rojas either way. I don't really care. He's here, okay. He's gone, okay. You know, I'm I'm not enamored with this manager. I really not. But I'll tell you this, if he doesn't show me some more moxie in the next month or two, yeah, I'm going to want him gone as well. I don't like babysitting managers. I don't like guys that, that do that. Aaron Boone is not my type of manager. I like Dave Roberts, Don Mattingly, Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker, tough-ass managers like that. I don't like the babysitters, man. So if he's one of those guys, you need to ship him on the next flight out of here. That's just how I feel. Moving on to the Bronx. The Yankees right now sit at 5-6. and six. They had an ugly weekend. Um, but my concern is not with the entire team. I, I think the Yankees will figure it out. Garrett Cole is the second best pitcher in New York. Maybe top three in the in the whole sport. But my concern is Aaron Judge. He's having a pretty decent season right now. Two home runs, five RBIs. I think he's batting like 290 or 250, something like that. But he's 29 years old. And he hasn't been healthy his entire career. When he's when he plays 140-something games, you can pencil in 40 home runs. That's just the way the guy is. He's just talented like that. But you haven't seen it more than one year. So what do the Yankees do? What do they do in regards to a contract? Like, what kind of deal do you give a guy like Aaron Judge who hasn't lived up to the potential that his gigantic stature and frame tell you that he will? I don't I don't know the answer. But I know that they can't give him 300 million. Can't give him 250. You can't give him 200. So maybe it's going to be a deal like 4 years at 130. Maybe something like that. Like I just I have this feeling that Aaron Judge is not gonna finish his career as a Yankee. I just have that feeling. I, I just I just don't think that they're gonna be able to come to an agreement on what is fair market value for an Aaron Judge. You know what I'm saying? Like I just 
I, I'm going to watch this closely this season. Um, but it's a concern. It really is a concern because they put so much into this roster, to this young core, and Aaron Judge is right there in the smack of it. And if you remove him, yeah, the Yankees are still going to be good. That's fine. But all your plans are now changed. And what, Stanton is going to be the guy in the middle? I don't, I don't, I don't see that either. I, the Yankee fans hate Stanton. <laughs> they can't stand him. Can't stand him. He, he gets the A-Rod treatment. He's not he's not a homegrown talent. You know what I mean? And and because of that, they 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 kind of shun him a little bit. But Aaron Judge now gets the Jeter treatment. Like, so, you know, is he gonna end up like Jeter in regards to being beloved and being a Hall of Fame Yankee and all that stuff? I doubt it. I I really have a feeling that Aaron Judge is not going to finish out his career in pinstripes. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, yeah, we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, man? What happened? What you, what you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out to somebody else's podcast? Yeah, don't make it to join. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this guy. What's up, man? Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. All even podcast, right? All yeah. even. Uh, That's your man. My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. Cool. Hundred percent. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Running with G G G. Oh. 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 Keep up the amazing work. Also, check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So let's just get to these candidates, shall we? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidates are Kevin Durant and Paul LaDuca. Both of these guys are my candidates for... Dummy, yeah. Because let's go ahead and start with Kevin Durant. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, would you believe me if I told you that not once, not twice, not three times, not four... How many times does this guy have to continue to go through things like this? And then he gets owned in the process. I remember when this kid on Twitter said that, listen, going to Golden State was one of the weakest moves I've ever seen a superstar do. And he went at the kid. And the kid was actually more mature than he was. Kid was like, look, man, I'm going to have my opinion. I respect you as a player, but, you know, let's just keep it civil. The kid showed him up. 
tried to go at Michael Rappaport. All right, cool. You played the tough guy, but look what happened to you. You embarrassed yourself. Now, you turn your guns to Shannon Sharp. All Shannon Sharp did was his job. Say that he didn't agree with your take and all this and your history says it all, which it does. You attack people that say bad things about you. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if you attacked every person that said anything bad about you, you'd be fighting for your entire life. So I guess that's what this guy believes in. Anybody that talks bad about you, you address them. But what happens when they undress you? (laughs) What happens when they undress you verbally and embarrass you? And take the high road while you're still in the basement. What happens with that? That's where this guy is. He's a basement dweller. He's like that kid that sits in his mom's basement. And just tweets all day. Or look at you know what all day. And has no time to brush his teeth or do anything productive. Just on the phone. I wonder if Shannon Sharp was really about that type of life. Where he would have challenged Kevin Durant to a fight. Who's who's walking out of that? <laughs> there is no fight that I would ever pick Kevin Durant to win. <laughs> so he better chill. He better keep picking on those kids. Because maybe, maybe he can win those fights. In a fist fight, he could be able to beat up some 12-year-old or, or 14-year-old or something. But he ain't stepping to no Shannon Sharp. Not somebody who played football their whole life. Not somebody who bench presses like three of Kevin Durant's. Hey, no. No. He just needs to cool out and know what battles to fight. Because obviously he really doesn't know what battles to fight. He already lost money over stuff like this. Stop. And your boy, your boy Kyrie is not doing a good job with you. Because he should be burning sage all over your head and, you know, getting getting rid of those evil spirits that's going on. Like, get a grip and grow up. Simple. And your honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we have another case as well. We have another guy on trial would you believe me if I told you that lying can really get you in trouble so Paul LaDuca went ahead and accused umpire Joe West of taking bribes from Billy Wagner to make the strike zone bigger and that caused Paul LaDuca to strike out and they lost some games because of it and his whole backlash started right that would have been fine if it was just like a back and forth Twitter battle or whatever it was you know interview here interview there but nah Joe West said damn that I ain't playing around I'm gonna sue you Ah, you know, some of these people, man, they just they just take the suing. Like, that's what they do. They don't fight. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you for every penny you got. Well, 
In this case, Joe West won. Joe West won $500,000 from Paula Duca. Now, Paulie has been out of the baseball world for a while. He's been retired for some time now. So, 500 grand hurts a guy like Paula Duca who's on his retirement money. That hurts. But that's what happens when capping goes wrong. Don't lie. Don't come out your face and think that there's no ramifications because in this day and age, everybody's listening. Everybody understands what's going on. You can't get away with stuff like that because you're actually saying that he's a dirty ref. Joe West is an asshole, but I'm not going to go to the point where he's nefariously taking bribes under the table just to call bad games. Nah, he's just a bad ump. That's that's where I'm going to keep it. Is he a nice person? Hell no. But what he's not, he's not a liar. Paula Duca is. <laughs> and now he's $500,000 short. You just You can't make this up. <laughs> you really can't make this up. So Paula Duca and Kevin Durant, y'all are taking a lot of beatings and a lot of L's. But you're possibly winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.